to Brunch with me, Anya Adams. And me, Fanchon Cox. We are so, so, so glad to be back and talking to you about Black Women Plus working in the media, entertainment, and the arts. So I can't wait to do this. Anya can't wait to do this. Chris and Brittany can't wait to do this because we've been planning this for a while. But before we jump in, we're going to actually tell you what's going on, which is we have this amazing announcement. We are very proudly partnering with Time's Up Foundation to bring you a special monthly five-part series focusing on safety, equity, and power in Hollywood and the impact of these imbalances, the work being done to address them and celebrating the Black Women Plus who are leading the charge and shifting the industry's culture and practices. We're kicking off our series on this show with a conversation with Time's Up Chief Operating Officer Monifa Bendele about changing the conversation around safety, equity, and power. We wanna take a look at what it takes to empower Women Plus of all backgrounds to fight against toxic workplace abuse. Monifa is a longtime advocate for gender, economic, and racial justice. She's worked with organizations like Moms Rising, which aims to get economic security for women and families in the United States. She's also part of the leadership team for the Movement for Black Lives. This is really going to be an amazing show, guys. It really is. Okay. Um... Monifa, welcome. We are so glad to have you on Sister Brunch. We're proud that you are our first guest for this series with Time's Up. And so we wanted to start by just making sure that all of our listeners actually know what Time's Up is, what's kind of the birth of it and the trajectory of it and how you got here today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I feel welcomed. And this is such a wonderful thing to be doing. We are really uh, staring at the beginnings of a new era. So I'm very excited and so happy to talk to you guys today. Time's Up Foundation and Time's Up Now are a new organization. You know, we launched three years ago when everyone watched Oprah Winfrey standing on the stage of the Golden Globes and she gave her speech saying that time's up. Time is up on unsafe, Mm. undignified, unfair workplaces for women. And at that time, it was centered and focused on entertainment and Hollywood. But that has ramifications on all of the workplaces, right, that we're in and all of the places where Black women find work formally and informally. You know, one of the things that that moment did for me is it made me think about how this is a really generation's old call to action, right? You know, because as Black women, our workplaces were never safe, were never dignified, were never fair. And so our great-great-grandmothers had always envisioned this day, you know, so that that call to action just really Mm. hit me in my spirit that we saw Oprah, but we just saw generations, you know, of our foremothers also calling us to action. Monifa, did you have a moment when you saw Oprah say that where you were like, I'm going to work for that organization? Absolutely. (laughs) Because you were already doing such great, important work. And so... No, it was because all of the women who were a part of that founding, you know, there was that moment on the red carpet where you had entertainment, women who were prominent standing alongside many of my comrades a lot of activists and organizers and people like, you know, Tarana Burke and people like Rosa Clemente and, you know, just like all of these amazing women Mm -hmm. who we've been working in this intersectional movement, you know, for the past decade. So yeah, I was just like, oh, we're already in fourth gear. We're going into fifth gear. Go ahead, Oprah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because this workplace piece (laughs) is really key. 
And so with the founding of the organization Mm -hmm. through our work, we're really leading the space to advocate for women across industries to have safety and equity in their work. So that means like creating safe workplaces, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that women have places to go to talk about everything from physical, emotional or sexual abuse to discrimination, disrupting the power because we know we can put all the yes. policies we want in place, right? But if we remain outside of the seat of power, we can't even hold people accountable to new laws that we put in place. Mm-hmm. Really changing and disrupting the pathways to leadership and yeah. then connecting the entertainment industry to the global agenda. What we put out mm. as art, as women, especially as black women, it impacts across the world. You know, I don't know how many times I've traveled yes. and, you know, yeah. people are changed, their culture, the education, the understanding of so many issues are grounded in the creative works of our folks here in the United Mm -hmm. States. And so not only is it a great privilege, it's a great responsibility to set a new model for safety at work. I think it's so important that they understood that even though it kind of started in the entertainment industry and that is a big part of it, it tends to be very exclusive, right? I mean, even hearing you use the word disrupt, I'm like, oh, good. Next time I'm in a development meeting, I'm going to use the word disrupt because you're starting to hear that from leadership, you know, and words that they have never really connected with or understood. It's nice to know that we can kind of use those concepts in our own meetings to get stuff done. Yeah, we've got to call it what it is. We're not keeping, you know, even with this COVID, this is, oh, we got to go back to normal. We said, oh, no. We're not going back to that normal, Uh right? Right. We're disrupting that to create a new normal. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Just the COVID impact of it all and how what you're, the work you're doing? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, this, this conversation couldn't be more timely. Um, I don't know if you all have seen, but the last two jobs reports coming out of the United States show that not only have 2 million women fallen out of the workforce, mm. I mean, unprecedented. Yes. Oh. In the last two months, those wow. numbers were almost exclusively Black women and women of color. Mm. What? Oh, yes. Wow. The gains that have been made to, you know, make sure that there's equity in the workplace, mm. all of the amazing DEI experts out there listening to the podcast, you know, if you, you've been going into these companies, making sure that they're workplaces or work for women that include black people and people of color, that is being hit hard by COVID. So as we go into talking about stimulus, as we talk about what kind of workplace policies that we want to have and put in place, like Mm -hmm. paid sick days, paid family leave, making sure people can get vaccines, all that, we have to have a racial equity lens, right? Remember five years ago, no one wanted to talk about race. Mm -hmm. Everything you did had to be race blind, Mm -hmm. race neutral, right? (laughs) And for us coming out of Ferguson and moving for black lives, we're like, no, you can't fix something that you can't talk about. Right. Right. (laughs) You have to name (laughs) it. it. And so now with COVID, we see the stats in who's getting sick. We see the stats in who's dying. Now we also see the stats in who's losing employment, you know, desperate rates. And so whatever we fix has to name that. It has to say, how are we going to address the racial inequities in how we administer the vaccine? How are we going to address the racial inequities when we bring the jobs back? Mm. right? Right. And we have to talk from this framework. So, and you know, ladies, it's black women. We're pushing those conversations. Right. Right. Yes. You know, it may be a little uncomfortable, but that's what we do. This is Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and Anya Adams. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with Time's Up COO, Monifa Bandele. 
Here's more of our conversation with Monifa Bandele from Time's Up. What things have come out of the COVID kind of culture that are things that you think we want to keep or build upon? Is there anything there or is it just kind of been a destruction of the traditional kind of ecosystem that was there and we need to build it back up? Yeah, it's a complete disruption. You yeah. know, I think, and you all probably experienced this prior to COVID. I remember all those meetings where I was like, this could have been an email, you know, right. this right. could have been done virtually, yes. you know, this could have been a call. Right. Um, I think that's going to continue that we're yeah. going to see that we don't have to necessarily be out of our homes as much as we were really had to be. And I'm yeah. speaking especially mm-hmm. for working moms, you yes. know, as my previous yeah. job at Moms Rising, you know, mothers were in the spine. They're like, I want to show up and be the best at my work. Mm. I want to show up and be the best at home. I want to work on this production company. But, you know, they keep going until 9, yeah. 10 o'clock at night. And guess what? My kids are home. They want right. to eat. They want to talk to me, right. you know. And so I think what the virtual work environment has showed us is that we can now kind of like accommodate people contributing from home Mm. so that we keep but all of the things that still make it difficult for black women and women in general to rise up the ranks Mm -hmm. of power Mm -hmm. to be paid equitably i mean Mm -hmm. there's still huge (laughs) pay and wealth gaps also how our health care is being dealt with and distributed has to be changed i have a lot of hope you know, Ooh, I'm yeah. looking at Kamala Harris, you yeah. know, yes. I'm looking at Kristen Clark. I'm looking at Deb Howard. Yes. I'm looking, I'm yes. like, okay, I see yeah. a real one. I see a real one. I see a yes. real one. So we're going to have to flank them because they're going to be in those rooms. They're probably not going to say disrupt, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> but say, that's, yeah. you know, that's They'll their say, charge. Let's work on this together. <laughs> yes, whatever they need to say. Go. So what are some specific measures that you're taking at Time's Up Foundation and Time's Up Now to address these disparities? So one of the things we knew three years ago was that there was no place for women to go who were Mm. facing not just what our creatives and amazing actors in Hollywood were experiencing, but also in the farms and in agriculture, you know, out in these fields. And so one of the big things that we established was the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. The fund has helped with legal assistance, providing support to thousands of women. I mean, it was like someone opened the floodgates. You know, now there's a place where you could pick up the phone, you can call, and you can either say, this happened to me and I know what it is and I need help, but I need to sue somebody, write something up. And you could pick up the phone and say, this is happening and I actually don't know what it is, Mm. but I'm uncomfortable. I have suspicions, you know, that I'm not being treated fairly. I don't know what other people make or someone is, you know, being inappropriate with me. And so there's this survivor justice and a survivor support network that builds out from having like this legal defense. Mm-hmm. So that's like a big lever of what Time's Up is doing. And then the other thing is that we're pushing employers to do better. So last year, we released a series of guides for working in entertainment, which were best practices for folks. Because, mm-hmm. you know, just like with the movement for Black Lives, the big companies come out and they have Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter on mm-hmm. the screen. And it's like, Ugh. so what does that mean? Yeah. Right? Right. They did the same thing with Me Too and Time's Up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we support Time's mm-hmm. Up. We support yeah. Me Too. Here's a guide. Here, yeah, you need to right. go through this. Is yes. this happening? Is there writers when actresses are doing nudity scenes? Mm-hmm. You know, how is talent recruitment done? Who's involved in that process? So we put together a comprehensive guide that not only can you yell, time's up, yell, I support me too. 
you actually have the information to make sure that your workplace is safe. And so we're re-releasing those guides this year and we're challenging the industry. At the time when Towns Up was founded, only 4% of filmmakers were women. Mm Mm-hmm. So we started the 4% challenge. We say, you support Time's Up, then you, entertainment industry, need to do better. And so we've been pushing, and even just from 2007 to 2018, where it was 4%, it has grown over the last two years. But, you know, we're going to have to remeasure because of COVID production has really slowed to stop. Right. They love using that excuse now. And I'm like, that doesn't change that you should be hiring us, right? Like y'all are still making productions. So I'm watching it. Yeah, Somebody's making, making it. it. Exactly. You keep making it. <laughs> this piece shouldn't change it, right? You should still be pushing to make sure you've got women and you know at all levels on your work. So one of the things that's kind of interesting between Fanchon and I is Fanchon's a little bit more corporate, you know, whereas I direct television, I'm just got off Zoe's extraordinary playlist, I'm going to another show. Mm-hmm. So I hear a lot about like Fanchon can step into these rooms and talk about disruption and really push that way. How do you see those of us that are in the actual production mix incorporating what you guys are doing and pushing from where we are? I understand change happens from the top and it really filters down, but there's got to be those of us down here to receive too. I don't think so. Yeah. Not necessarily. You know, I really I see the creatives as being the tip of the spear. Yeah. Right. So what's happening in the strategy sessions is like we're building out all the information, all the tools. But when we get to the point where we need to shift the narrative, when there needs to be culture change, it is your work on you. It is the creatives who are in there who are saying this looks like we are creating a piece that is for the white gaze. This looks like something we're creating for the male gaze. Yes. I'm disrupting that every time I create it through Anya's gaze. Right, right. You know, and knowing all the information we have, knowing all the tools that we have. You know, in my previous job, which I loved at Mom's Rising, we worked on the Black Maternal Health Crisis, Mm -hmm. which nobody knew about. People had no idea that Black women in the United States were experiencing maternal deaths at third world nation rates, Mm. right? It was just like this thing. And so every time we talked about it, it was like, oh, you know, you kind of have stats. But when the creatives came in, when Shonda Rhimes did an episode about maternal mortality, you know what I'm saying? And you have Serena doing a storytelling piece about her experience. It changed the game overnight, Anya. Mm. Like overnight, having that narrative in those creative pieces, people all of a sudden now calling us saying, oh my God, what are we going to do about this black maternal health crisis? We're like, we're glad you called back. You know, (laughs) so to me, it's the tip of the spear. Mm. It really is. The narrative shifting is where it's going to happen. Yeah, I hear you. And I think also talking to those crew members that may not be the creative entity on set speaking up i think is really important too if you see something say something that's such a silly thing Mm. to say but like if you see a representation of something that your show is doing that is a misrepresentation speaking up a lot Mm. of times shows are written from a white gaze in an effort to illuminate maybe a black issue and it's incorrect right and we see it the audience sees we it. know exactly it. We're like, like, What's uh, happening? Right. and for those of us that are not in the rooms yet in production at least to just know that speaking our truth from wherever we are pa whatever find somebody where you can illuminate the situation a little bit Hey, it's Anya, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back. And if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Sister Brunch. 
Welcome back to Sister Brunch. I'm Fanchon, and let's get back into this conversation with Monifa Bendele. I will say when we first heard about Time's Up publicly, it was a kind of A-list celebrity face. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people weren't really sure that it was for them, right? Which is why, you know, one of the reasons I think it was such an important decision for them to bring you on because Mm -hmm. you are outside of the industry and because you have this kind of grassroots activist background. And so I think what's great about having you on is letting our listeners know whatever position you have on set, whether you are a PA, whether you are, you know, a development executive, all the way through all of those, you have a place to go that's very welcoming. Because I even, in my position, was like, is it okay for me to reach out to Time's Up? And then Michelle Jones put together a Black Women Time's Up get-together and Folks were there of all different levels of job Mm. positions. And I was like, do I belong? And I was like, oh, yes. I'm glad you said that because we have a number of ways folks that are listening can plug in. So there's the woke events that you're talking about, right? That women of color gathering. It launched, you know, with this big convening. But now it happens every month. You can plug into the safety working group because we're always reviving and evolving the tools that we push out to employers. And look, we're not just pushing out the tools. We want to name and shame places that don't utilize the tools that are now available to them. Yes. Okay. And then people can also text Time's Up to 30644. So you can also start to get our text alerts and our emails and, you know, just like really get involved in this movement. Bring your industry in, you know, maybe you work in advertising and other industries that we're growing out and organizing women. It's just so important for people to realize like the holistic kind of approach this the whole community i wanted to name something really quick that anya talked about about speaking out no matter what level that you are throughout your whether it's your organization or a production keep with the theme about our lot in life right as women is that black women we're typically the truth tellers and what we've noticed is that that then gives all these other people permission to speak right yeah you think you're going to be the only one to say I've been noticing this thing. It doesn't feel right. Mm. It doesn't smell right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, everyone's like, yeah. And someone who worked yes. there five years ago was like, yeah. yeah. You know, and so people should feel the power in that, that when you step forward, it isn't just shining truth on it. You're also giving so many people permission to speak. Yes. Yep. I mean, another thing that I really appreciate about Time's Up is, first of all, I love that you use the word dignified because that encompasses a lot of different ways that we're disrespected in our work, but also the safety piece because you might not feel safe physically, spiritually, in all those ways, speaking up. And so I think like you having the legal option, even if it's somebody just coming in and understanding what their options are and they may not choose to use it, but that you have that defense fund there is another, such a good example, exactly. So that you you don't have to be afraid because you've got that backup. Yeah, you got sisters right here that are like- They got you. We got you, yeah. Yeah. They got you and they can tell you what's the possibilities and what the limitations are yeah you know because really actually the laws aren't that great right Right, so it's also comforting in knowing what my possible recourses are and also where there isn't a lot that can be done Mm -hmm. and now we got to organize around that you know build movement to change it 
This is Sister Brunch with Vanjin Cox and Anya Adams. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with Time's Up COO, Monifa Bandele. We're back. Here's more of our conversation with Monifa Bandele from Time's Up. I'd love to know more about your background because another thing that happens often with our guests and with our stories is very rarely did a black woman start off even knowing that she could end up working in entertainment in some way because again we're we don't see ourselves we're told we can't all of that so we love to look at also just background so i know you've talked about moms rising and i'd love to hear more about that and then also your work with black lives matter which was by the way nominated for a nobel peace nobel peace prize yes yes, yes. which is insanely amazing i was thinking about that the other day i just yes. have to say the reason that it is sustaining is because it was queer black women that created it. You know what I'm saying? Like all these other things that happen and then you find out they're corrupt and everything. I'm sorry, but like it was so clear that that's why this is sustaining. That's right. And also the leadership model, you know, what I love about all of the many organizations that make up the movement, the Black Lives Matter global network, some of these state and individual chapters across the board, you see black women centered, you see a black queer feminist ideology being taught right there on the ground and it's leaderful you know when you move away from these patriarchal organizational structures and people says oh there's no leadership it's just like all these different women everything we're like Mm -hmm. no it's actually leaderful Leaderful. right and that's the term that Alicia Garza said one day when I was in a meeting I'm like that's perfect hell yeah right we see leadership in a very different way. You know, it's mm. not this kind of linear hierarchical structure. Right. You know, it's like this is how it showed up this summer. You know, one of the most powerful moments when we were having uprisings on Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. You remember it was mm-hmm. all 50 states. Yes. There was a police response that was so disproportionate to what was happening. Yep. Looked nothing like what we saw at the Capitol. Exactly. But that's another podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> people were being arrested by the hundreds, by the thousands. And the right. MTA workers were being called on to use buses and public transportation to transport people to jail. And so all of a sudden, we saw this statement tweeted out from the MTA workers that say, we are bus drivers. We carry working New Yorkers and we are not the NYPD and we will not participate in mm. limiting the civil rights of our fellow New yes. Yorkers. This was not in coordination with the movement for black life. There was right. not a right. conversation that had right. happened. But when you are leaderful, people feel that they can step into their power and in yes. their lane and do effective things. You're not waiting for a directive from the one king master You know, you do this, you do this. So this Black queer feminist framework really lies for everyone to roll up their sleeves, get involved, and that way it's more powerful. Love it. You know, so my history in that is that I've I've been doing work, especially around ending mass criminalization and mass incarceration, actually, for 20 years. I mean, one of my earliest campaigns was around fighting for justice for Amadou Diallo. For wow. this org- coalition yes. called People's Justice 2000. Okay. Remember that? Yes. He was a black immigrant. Yep. He was shot 
41 times in the Bronx when he was getting out his wallet to Mm -hmm. show police officers. And so working with that mom, you know, that family and fighting for all of these little incremental reforms, you know, it'd be like, we want police to identify themselves or, you know, body cams, all these little things. And what I've seen over the past two decades and all of my comrades is that that's not getting at safety. We need to completely transform Mm. what public safety is. You know, we need to completely reimagine it. So when we're yelling defund the police and we're saying move those dollars and let's get mental health workers, let's get treatment centers, let's make sure people are housed, we know that'll bring safety. That disrupted. Yeah. You saw how how disrupting it was in people's body. Like, I don't like that, right? (laughs) But we're able to step out and say these things boldly and say we we can test new things, right? What exists today didn't exist before someone created it. Right, right. Somebody built this structure and they didn't look like me or you, Fanshawe. Mm -hmm. They didn't look Mm -hmm. like me or you, Anya. Mm -hmm. You know? So Mm -hmm. what does a structure look like that the three of us built? How will safety in our communities and in our work look if we design it? So we don't just want reform. We want power to design new structures. Wow. (laughs) And the thing is, I feel like there are small communities that have tried to implement that. I I know it's a crazy news source, but The Daily Show did something on a community that had taken funding from the police and they have an active response group that doesn't respond with weapons and responds with like, how can we help solve this problem? And Mm. it's been working effectively. And it's just so interesting that those little pilot kind of programs are so effective and yet not mm-hmm. known about exactly or... they don't get the press and they're they popping yeah. up yeah yeah they're sure. popping up so anya we need a storyline on this yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anya, i'm right putting it out there. i got my little book i'm yeah. writing it down <laughs> austin texas You're is right. launching it so now you have a major city testing it out so they've pulled all this money yes. out of the police department and they're setting up mental health responders yes so like what we saw with daniel prude or walter wallace yeah when the family calls 911 and says, hey, my loved one is having a manic episode. Yeah. Police don't show up with guns blazing, right? Mm. There's an actual unit that comes yeah. who are, guess what? You know, they're, they're actually yes. therapists and psychologists and, you know, therapeutic nurses who can say, oh, this family needs help. This person actually needs health care. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Love it. And to resource that. And I think that's the storyline because this time 100%. next year, they will have rolled it out and we can go back and say, this is something that can now even be scaled up to an even bigger city. I love and, it. And we know it's going to work because that's what people want. You know, people right. want care. The good police, as many of <laughs> They them. agree. They, uh, they, yeah, they, they agree. don't want to do that aspect either. They don't want to have to um, confront folks that need another form of nurturing and care and so they can spend that time developing relationships and communities they're not spending that time sending somebody or in conflict with somebody who needs a different kind of service which we'll just say that's the thing about defund the police is it's not some folks really do want to and that's cool but a lot of it is also like redirecting those funds right yeah exactly it's Um, a journey Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely you know the biggest pushback is funny i wanted to say that you know, we talked about, okay, there's the mental health piece. And then a lot of the crime was like people who are unhoused and your homelessness. And then there's like the whole drug bucket, right? And so when you do drug policy reform and you put in place treatment and healthcare, it's like not a whole lot is left to what you were saying, Fancy. Like, you know, is there really a lot left for you to do? And then, so we had policymakers say, 
But then, so what do we do, you know, because we need all these jobs. Like, well, if it's a jobs program you need, you know. Here you go. Right. Let's right. fund that. Exactly. Let's fund that. Let's fund yes. that. That's, and again, mm-hmm. to bring it back to what we're all saying is you can take this and put this into your storylines. Like yeah. push for, if you're working on a crime show, you know, speak out and say, wait a minute, we can represent this in a different way. And we should, because that's what's going to change the narrative. We have so much power as storytellers. So anybody coming to you pitching a project or Anya's on a set, you know, this is our opportunity to say, no, let's, let's find a different way to tell this story. So that reflecting all of these other opportunities and resources that we could change, you know, what we had been, you know, traditionally we're like, it just has to be done. It doesn't have to be done that way. Let's keep pushing it. Hey, it's Fanchon and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We will be right back. And please, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Sister Brunch. I'm Anya. Let's get back to our conversation with Monifa Vandele. You were talking about the kind of guidelines for Hollywood to use and making sure they're safe sets. And do you have a way of measuring whether or not that's actually happening that you kind of evaluate and then kind of redirect or? Yeah, that's what 2021 is all about. So now we want big shops to sign on to our safety campaign. You know, Mm. what folks want now is they want to be connected to Time's Up. They want to be connected to Movement for Black Lives. So it's like, okay, you're going to put up these banners and you want to like co-brand stuff, well, sign on to this guide, sign on to the safety protocols and sign on to be able to have an independent audit that you are following these, you know, that we're going back now, you know, so now we're going into year three and then we go to year four, we should be able to test that the women within your shop are having a different experience. Mm -hmm. So we've gone from education last year when we first released the guides and now we're moving into what we call naming and shaming. So naming could be yes. here's a big shop that won't sign on to the safety yes. protocol. They don't want to. Yes. They don't want to sign it. Mm-hmm. Right. They want to have Women's History Month programming, but they, they don't, don't want to sign on to the safety guide for women. What is what does that look like? Like is that like a big ad in Variety? Yeah. How did how did we shame? How do you shame? Let me take notes. I'm just asking because like on a smaller level, as directors, we have people too that behave in ways that are inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like trying to figure out how do we like name it and shame it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we are building out, you know, okay. with our industry leaders. I'm making note of this ad in Variety. <laughs> well, I tell work. you, everyone would see it. That's something that we've I pull over from my organizing and activism. You know, we'll do a billboards yeah, for yeah. politicians that are behaving poorly. But then also we did this thing that I love. It's like the mobile billboard. Have you seen like the truck yeah. is yeah. a billboard? Yeah. Yes. And it goes through the community of yes. the, you know, nice. yes, the person it. who is behaving poorly, right? Mm-hmm. So. This might be catty, but I also feel like we are mined for many, many stories and experiences and, and life. And so when a showrunner or a 
company is not acting in our benefit. I wonder if there's just a way to mobilize us to be like, well, maybe I'm just not going to work for Anya's company mm. then because a big push right now is to get diversity in every level. And like, right. do you have a name or whatever? And it's like, you guys got to do the work too. If you're not going to actively do the work, then we shouldn't actively be working to help you make money. That, that's the right. other side of it right. for me. Right. You know, like, so like kind of, you... You are preaching a word. I, I, look, it made me think of right away. We were chatting a little bit before we started about our young people going to HBCUs. Yes. Yeah. Folks don't know. The other colleges are like hemorrhaging black students. You know, yeah, students right. are turning down the highest, most prestigious colleges, yes. in, not just in the country, in the world, because they're like, guess what? I don't need to do the work. I don't need to be in a toxic environment. I'm going to go to these institutions that were built and sustained by my community yeah. for me. Yeah. And you guys need to work that out mm-hmm. yep. before I go before, and, yep. and, 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 and pay abuse, all that money right? to you when I can, right. get, I, when I can become vice president by going to Howard. Exactly. <laughs> and look, you know, when I talked to my friends who went to PWIs, they were like, I somehow my picture was in all the brochures. Every time I saw, yep. <laughs> every time I saw exactly. a poster exactly. or tokenize us like <laughs> exactly. nobody's business. But did we have any say on anything while we were there? But then no. at the same time, want you to feel like you should be so grateful to be there. Right. Yes. Actuality, you're the asset. Yes. So that is, I think, the same thing in the workplace. Like, not only should we say, well, we're not going to put our bodies in there. And at the yes. same time, we're going to be building out companies that embody yes. these yes. values and principles, right? And that are a pipeline to our young people coming out of the HBCUs and all yeah. the other places. I love that about mm-hmm. your point, because when we name, you know, you're naming and shaming, but that doesn't mean only shaming. That also means the companies that are named that are signing on, that's how we know know that's a place that's where I'll where be comfortable be. working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. want to do the work. I was going to mm-hmm. ask uh, and kind of slash make a point about, because I do a lot of work on the inclusion writer and a lot of the pushback we get on it mm-hmm. is like, oh, we're already doing X, Y, Z. So let's say they say, oh, no, we're, you know, we're already doing times up, you know, safety measures. First of all, the response is these are different, right? And so yeah. these are all targeting different things. The second response is We'll sign all of it. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know, That's there's right. no reason for you not to do any, like all of these things. And I think mm-hmm. this is part of, I'll just, I want to keep going back to your quote from Alicia Garza about leaderful um, yeah. and, and how important everybody, whatever your job is in the industry, you can take a leadership role by saying, you know, I'm part of this team of people. I'm part of this kind of universal group of people that are like, we are not going to stand for this anymore. And it takes all of us. So it's not yeah. just the Ava DuVernay's and it's not, That's right. right? It's not just time's up. We're yeah. all working towards the same goal and aren't you lucky that we've got all these resources to do it from? Yeah. But y'all companies need to sign on to all of them. All of it. And we have to call them out so that we know. So that like yes. you signed on to mine, but I know you didn't sign on to the inclusion. Right. Then we're, you're not down with us either. Exactly. So that's the other reason why we have to really be very transparent and yes. open, mm. you know, with yeah. these calls so that they can't do that. They can't say, well, we'll just be quiet because we'll put this up on our right. front page. We signed that. And we'll be like, no, we saw you didn't sign the inclusion mm-hmm. one. Yes. This is intersectional. This yes. is an intersectional yes. movement. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, one of the things that I didn't go deep in is we talked about how there is a 
caregiving crisis Mm -hmm. in the United States. So women are dropping out of the workforce because they do not have options for their caregiving responsibilities. And I mean, I'm not just talking about children. That's the big chunk. But as women, we're caregivers for the elders in the family, for the folks in the family who may have chronic illnesses. And so we are pushing hard on a caregiving package so that the United States looks like other developed countries in the world um, where things like (laughs) child care and elder Mm. care are provided for. And so if you want to be taking action on that, that has to be connected to COVID relief, sign up on our website because we're going to have ways that you can directly reach out to your senator your member of Congress and say, we need this change now. And then if you want to get our text alerts, you're going to text TIMES UP to 30644. Last year, we built the infrastructure. We created the conditions for massive change when you had 25 million people in the streets demanding justice. And so now in 2021, we've got to be telling the decision makers, we're not going back. Yes, You saw we were calling you out last year. We need something that's really going to work. Um, for Black people, for people of color, for women, for families. You have given us so much time. Can we mention that you are in Atlanta because you're bringing your daughter to <laughs> your alma mater because she's wow. starting school there at Spelman. So Amazing. we're just happy about that. She and, is. You know. Please name it. You know, there's the, we, we have to really, really center joy in this moment. Yes. And that's what I have learned from the yes. Black queer feminist leaders of this day they have been pushing that. It's said, look, it's so much trauma. You know, we, yeah. we were like constantly in the fire that when we do healing and wellness and we center joy, that's actually a part of the resistance. You know, when mm. someone told me that, mm. how revolutionary yes. it was to mm. center black joy, it flipped my whole thing. So yes, yes I want to celebrate dropping off my daughter to college. Yes. I'm celebrating my older daughter goes to Howard. I'm yes. celebrating oh, you all oh. and being here with you. Yes. Because if we don't, I mean, we'll just be worn down, that's, ineffective that's, that's and burned out. That's what they want. That's what they want. That's why I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to get the joy. We're going to get the self-care Look, in. We know so much has to be done at the White House with the new administration. But when I turned on the TV and saw the Howard University drumline, oh my in, goodness, yes. that was Black joy. woman, <laughs> vice president. I was like, whatever. Yeah. 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 You have to be up in there. I may have I'm a good. ticket tomorrow good at the White saying. House. <laughs> yes. You know, if, if Biden goes astray, I'll do that. But I'm going to center this joy right now. Yes. I saw those 18, 19, 20-year-old majorettes, and I was just like, my yes. heart was exploding yep. for them with oh. just love and joy. So, yes. What like a way to end the pod. I know. I'm things. like, that's a it's perfect, like, perfect way. To listen end. to this pod and go with joy. That was our conversation with Time's Up COO Monifa Bandele. Go to sisterbrunch.com to find out more about her, her projects, where to follow her on social, and also to get links to Time's Up and all of the great places you can go to get support that we talked about during the episode. And thank you so much, for real, for listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and me, Fanchon Cox. Don't forget to visit timesupnow.org, sign up for their newsletter, find out more about how to take action against workplace discrimination and harassment. 
You can follow them at Times Up Now on Instagram and Twitter, and also at Times Up Now Official on Facebook to get all of their action alerts. Please also follow us. We are on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. We are also on Twitter at Sister Brunch and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sister Brunch Podcast. And please, please do this for us. It's so helpful for the show. Subscribe and rate and review our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. This episode was created in partnership with the Time's Up Foundation. Special thanks to Michelle Jones and Nathan Wind. Our show producer is Brittany Turner. Our executive producer is Christabel in Siabwadi. We acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tongva people for those of us in Los Angeles and the Coast Salish for Anya in Vancouver. Can't wait to see you next time. Take care, everybody.